Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. It is just after 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Southern Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Doug, from the Truckers Podcast, FYI. Housing crisis and affordability. Thank you for joining me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everybody this fine Wednesday, also known as Hump Day? And just as a reminder out there to all my fellow Canadians and here in uh, Southern Ontario, school begins on September the 5th. So start changing your driving habits, pay attention, put your cell phones away, start driving accordingly, following the rules of the road and the speed limits. Now, of course, you know, like everywhere, not just here in Ontario, but across Canada, United States, all over the world, we have a housing crisis. It almost seems like every time that I read the news, it's always something about housing. I don't know why this this uh, uh, just kicked me off my information, but that's okay. Now, we get a lot of international students that come to Canada, come to London, Ontario, where I reside, to go to university and college. And it's hard for them to find housing. Now, he's the student who's an international student. He says in the past four months of searching for housing, we're filled with unanswered and rejected rental applications, leaving him wondering why he was invited to come to Canada if there's no housing available. <clears throat> I want to go through my, my uh, episode um, tonight, ABC. Um, it's not going to be a really long show tonight. I have a really early start in the morning. So my show's probably going to run for oh, maybe a half hour. 
So tonight, if you can just sit back and relax and enjoy, that would be great. You know, I'd, I'd welcome you to call in. Um, but I do want to go through this episode. And uh, I appreciate you coming in and listening to the program. You're always welcome here. So the government of Ontario is looking to build 1.5 million homes over 10 years. Not are we only having problems housing international students, newcomers to Canada, we're having a crisis just to house Canadians. Affordability obviously has tripled in the last couple of years. Rents have tripled, doubled and tripled. Some landlords, not all landlords, but some have admitted in using rental evictions, <coughs> excuse me, as an excuse to get people out who are paying rent to around $758 to $800 a month, only to get them out to double that rent. I've seen it in the news. There, there's a uh, a couple of apartment complexes where this has happened. The buildings, the buildings were sold. New owners are are trying to uh, renovate, reno reno evict. Now, what happens? with rent with rental evictions is that the tenant who lives in the unit has the first right of refusal. So when the rent evictions, when the, when, when the, when the rentals are done, the tenant can move back in at the same rate of rent that they were paying. But what is happening is when the rentals are done, the landlord doesn't tell them when it's finished and they re-rent it for more money. Another problem we see, and it's been, I mean, it's taken years and, and that's for minimum wage to, um, to increase. I think minimum wage now here in Canada is something like sixteen seventy-five an hour. Now I've been in the trucking industry for 30 plus years. 10 years ago to drive truck to be home every single day, trucking companies were paying between $16 and $17 an hour. 
Now they're paying anywhere from 26 to $27 an hour. So in 10 years, trucking wages has only gone up a dollar a year. That's ridiculous. We should be making 30 plus dollars an hour. Is what we should be making. A living wage. I don't know how they, they, they figure out that, you know, for a single person, a living wage would be $19 an hour. Right now, people are looking at rents that, you know, is 50% of their income. And it should only be 30%. And not only now things have, have increased, I mean, look at, look at the cost Look at the cost of food. To go to the grocery store, to feed a family of four. To feed a family of four is probably running close to $900 a month. Even $200 a week, or just a little over $100 a week, is running up to, you know, I would I would potentially say between eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred dollars a month just to feed a family of four, and that does include their rent. If you want to buy a house, and in the city that I that the city that I reside in, the average cost of a home is between 650,000 to 700,000. That's the average cost. And to afford that, you have to be making at least 160,000 a year. You have to have 20% down. Now I was reading an article the other day in Montreal, Quebec here in Canada the, uh, the, the premier of that province, you know, he, they, so for builders, cause we need to build houses and we need to build a lot of them and the builders, they don't want to build affordable housing. So what, what's, what's happening is, is, is so the province would, you know, levy a fine and they're happy to pay the fine because they want to build affordable housing. So that money would go into um, the housing initiative to, to build houses, but it's still not nearly enough money. Social housing is another problem. People who are on a disability and for low income earners or people who are on welfare, 
they stopped building that 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 sort of housing back in the eighties, social housing. If people are on the wait list for for social housing, for a three bedroom townhouse is a ten year wait. Of people who have a disability, who have a you know has has a physical disability and they need a special unit, a special unit. It's 12 plus years for a waiting list. And certainly if you're on, uh, on a disability, you know, a single person on disability is about $900 a month. You can't find anywhere in the city where I reside, a place to live for $900 a month. Universities, even the university here in the city, you know, they, they have uh, built buildings for, for their international students and people who uh, live in other cities and want to come to this city to go to university. Fanshawe College, um, they have built um, some housing uh, for, their, for their students, but it's still not nearly enough. When you have this international student, you know, is wondering why, sure, they, they accept me to come to Canada to go to school. And yet there's no place for him to live. There is a lot of housing around the universities and colleges, but generally those places are already taken. People re-rent them for the next school year, put down their deposit even before they leave to, to be sure that they have a place to stay. So when they come back, you know, in late August and start school in September, they have a place to live. So even with, you know, homelessness and homelessness isn't just about people who um, have an addiction, a mental illness, people who are in low paying jobs become homeless. And, and, and the, so they're the hidden homeless and they're not counted because how can you count them? Because we don't know how many. And they'll be couch surfing. They'll be staying with friends. They'll be staying with relatives, sleeping in their cars. Yet they have jobs. But they don't have a permanent roof over their head. $17 an hour on average is what, you know, low income earners are making and they're not getting enough money for, for uh, first and last month's rent. If, if you're going to, you know, rent a one bedroom apartment, you know, at $1,300 a month, that's $2,600 you need to put together for first and last. 
there isn't this initiative of there because the, years ago uh, apartment buildings so the corporations and everybody that owns these uh, these apartment buildings you know you remember back when when inflation was low cost of living was much lower people were were able to afford to buy homes the the vacancy rate to to rent was really high so you had no really no problems finding a place and they so people move out and they want to get these places rented and they'll have these initiatives for you to move in you know you pay your last month's rent and you move into the place well that's not happening anymore we're probably not going to see it happen ever again You know, Canada's population, two years ago, Canada's population was something like 38 million. Now it's 40 million. So the last two years, our population has grown by 2 million. Immigration. You know, is... You know, a lot of people are coming in and it's not just, you know, um, people who are looking to come back to school here or people, you know, people looking to live, uh, you know, immigration where, you know, look at, for, for instance, uh, you know, with the war uh, with Russia and the uh, uh, Ukraine, people are fleeing the Ukraine, they're going to the United States, they're going to Europe, they're coming to Canada. And more likely going to be settled here because there's nothing to go back to. And what do we do with these people? Where are they going to find housing? And even short-term housing isn't 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 uh, isn't the solution. We need term affordable housing, and we're calling on the government, not just the provincial government, the gov- provincial government, but the federal government as well. And you know, it's not just to you know create safe and affordable housing for students. for everybody. Now, the national organization, the national organizations like Universities Canada and the Colleges and Institutions Canada, they have asked as for expanded eligibility and funding programs through the national housing strategy strategy to help keep more housing pro to help get more housing projects off the ground so so ex- by expanding the access to low cost financing to build housing broad, broadening eligibility for program programs through the national housing strategy 
and the housing projects will enable Canada to better meet its diverse and growing housing needs. And it should, you know, I mean, sure, students need a place to live, but, you know, so do we as Canadians. And Universities Canada pointed to several of examples of post-secondary post-secondary institutions building on campus housing, including here on uh, University College, which is affiliated with the Western University here in London. So the school said it began construction on a new resident uh, with 311 student rooms and set to open in fall of 2024. That's still a year away. Now the schools are, are, you know, like to caution around um, recruitment. Should we be capping how many international students come to Canada based on the housing that we have? Because it's going to take years to get more housing. So these programs, so 2024 pre-budget submission, uh, the, the, the CI can ask the federal government for 2.6 billion over the next three years to create a loan and grant program for new student housing that would aim to create at least 40,000 beds across Canada. So where's this money going to come from? It's going to come from provincial. It's going to come from federal. Now, the student that wants to come here, he says, while he appreciates the opportunity to learn in Canada, he doesn't think he'd be bringing his family here after he graduates to the overall affordability crisis. It's everywhere. Interest rates have never been as high as they are in 40 years. You feel it in your pocketbooks when you go to the, to, to the gas pumps. You feel it in your pocketbooks when you go to the grocery store. And on top of everything else, You know, it's not easy for a lot of people, you know, including international students and other students who are coming to the city to go to college and university here.
Now, making housing more affordable. Putting Canada on the path to double our housing construction over the next decade. Helping Canadians buy their first home. Protecting buyers and renters. Curbing unfair practices that drive up the price of housing. Continuing to fight homelessness and support and support housing affordability and particularly for the most vulnerable in addressing the housing needs of the indigenous people. Now rapidly building new affordable housing. So additional affordable housing units are urgently needed, particularly for those experiencing or at the risk of homelessness. So to ensure the, the more affordable housing can be built quickly, this budget come out in 2022 proposes to provide 1.5 billion over two years, starting in 2022-2023 to extend the rapid housing initiative. And this new funding is expected to create at least 6,000 new affordable housing units with at least 25% of the funding going towards women-focused housing projects. A ban on foreign investment in Canadian housing, which they have in place right now. Now, foreign money has been coming into Canada to buy residential real estate and fueling concerns about the impact on cost in cities like Vancouver and Toronto, two of the really most expensive cities to live in, and worries about Canadians being priced out of the housing market in cities and towns across the country. It became a, a seller's market. People were getting 150000 over asking. 160,000 over asking. People being priced right out of the market. Now, to make sure that the housing is owned by Canadians instead of instead of a foreign investors, Budget 2022 announces the government's intention to propose restriction that would prohibit foreign foreign commercial uh, enterprises and people who are not Canadian citizens citizens or permanent residents from acquiring non recreational residential property in Canada for a period of two years. That's already in place. Supporting rent-to-own pro, uh, projects so the rent-to-own arrangements can help alleviate the barriers posed by rising home prices, prices, providing more time and support to renters on the path to home ownership and by allowing them 
to live and grow in their homes. So to help develop and scale up rent-to-own projects across Canada, Budget 2022 proposes to provide $200 million in dedicated support under the existing Affordable Housing um, Innovation Fund. This would include $100 million to support nonprofits, co-ops, developers, and rent-to-own companies building new rent-to-own units. So you're... So you would turn around and to in order to get the down payment, so your rent, you'd be paying your rent and that would be going to towards your down payment. And for an example, let's say it was a five-year uh, rental term. And when you've accumulated the down payment, And you, and, and you um, are approved for the mortgage, and then you'd be able to buy, you'd be able to buy the house. We need a new generation of cooperative housing development. And for the, for the uh, generation, co-ops have offered quality, affordable housing, while empowering their members through inclusion, personal development, security of tenor through their community or, or uh, oriented model of housing. Now this budget proposes to um, have about 500 million of funding on a cash basis from the National Housing Investment Fund to launch a new cooperative housing development program aimed at expanding co-op housing in Canada. And this new program will be co-designed with the Cooperative Housing Federation of Canada and the cooperative housing sector. And the budget also proposed an additional, an additional 1 billion in loans to be um, Real re reallocated from the rental construction financing initiative to support co-op housing projects. And we also need to be in investing in housing for the indigenous communities that have safe and affordable housing is critical, is critical to improving health and social outcomes and to assure a better future for the indigenous communities and children. Now they were building on more than 2.7 billion to support housing in the indigenous communities since 2015. And budget 22 proposes to provide 4.3 billion over seven years towards improving and expanding indigenous houses in Canada, which includes 2.4 billion over five years to support First Nations housing, housings on reserves, 565 million over five years to support housing and self-governing in modern treaty holder First Nations communities, 845 million over seven years to support housings in the Inuit communities, 190 million over seven years for housing in the Metis communities, and 300 million over five years to 
co-develop and launch an urban, rural, and northern indigenous housing strategy. The other thing they want to do is speeding up the housing construction and repairs for the vulnerable Canadians. And over the last five years, the National Housing and Co-Investment Fund has supported the construction and repair of 108,000 housing units for the most vulnerable Canadians. And the budget also proposes to advance $2.9 billion in funding on a cash basis under the National Housing Investment Fund so that all remaining funds will be spent by 2025-2026 and accelerating the creation of up to 4,300 new units and the repairs of up to 17,800 units for the Canadians who need them the most. And we're also looking at the long-term supports to homelessness. And through Reaching Home, Canada's homelessness strategy, the federal government has committed to more than $3 billion to address homelessness, including double, doubling annual funding, funding for four years in response to the pandemic. And this budget proposes to provide $562.2 million over two years and continue providing double annual funding uh, for reaching home to provide longer term, certainly for the organizations doing the vital important work across the country, ensure that our communities have the support they need to continue to prevent and address homelessness. This is a Canadian initiative of trying to making housing more affordable. So like I said, so when, he, when um, ABC7 entered the studio today, I said that this is um, going to be a little bit shorter of, of a program um, tonight. Um, Last night, I think it was a little over an hour. Um, so I like to try to keep it 45 minutes topped, you know, but tonight actually it's 35 minutes, so almost going on 40 minutes here. But um, I have a really busy day tomorrow. I have to be up really early and hopefully my day ends earlier because I'm, I'm starting at, at five o'clock in the morning and I generally work 12 hour days anyhow. So I don't suspect I won't be home until after, after five tomorrow evening anyhow. And it is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday, so we're going to get past hump day. And the weekend is just about here. So I want to thank you for coming out and joining me this evening. 
Have yourself a great evening. Enjoy the rest of your of your week. And I will be back out here tomorrow evening around 9 p.m. That show up on Podbean as well. And also again for Friday evening. Saturday, Saturday, there'll be no show. Not not a, uh, until uh, Sunday, and we'll talk about Sunday shows as we get closer to the weekend. So, like I said, if you can join me, that's great. If you can, I understand. Um, until we meet again, take care, be safe, and thank you for listening to the Truckers Podcast. FYI. Thank you.